are now listening to Conspiracy, Fears, and Mysteries. The podcast where we talk about true crime, conspiracies, fears, and mysteries. Due to that, listener discretion is advised. So if you are easily offended, easily squeamished, easily disgusted, I suggest you take a break from this because some of the material on this podcast will make your stomach offended. Welcome to Conspiracy Fears and Mysteries. get started let's get started can't wait can't wait it can't wait i'm sorry it can't wait so today is i don't know when i'm gonna publish this one i know if this is a i don't know if, if i decided to publish this as a special episode or as a bonus episode or however you want to call it, excuse the noise um because i'm doing the missing 411 stuff and uh, it's getting crazy. It's, it's, it's so much and it's missing 401. I'm not going to get to every single case because there's hundreds of them. I don't, probably thousands. I don't know. But there's a lot. And I just picked, a, I just handpicked a few um, of different variations to talk about because they intriguing. And of course, I, and just like I said, I can't do every single one. I mean, I'll be here till I'm like 80, 90. And that's if I do like an episode every other day. Um, speaking of which guys, uh, don't forget to like and subscribe, of course, and follow me on social media on mystery crime cigar, mystery crime cigar or C dot F dot mysteries on Instagram. I don't know which one it is that you do to find me. It's one of those. Um, I also have, I decided to put a, I found this link. Somebody sent me a link yesterday and I made one of these, um, pages on podpage podpage.com so uh, it's podpage.com forward slash site forward slash conspiracies uh fears and mysteries so it's a long it's a long name but that's all my episodes are on there and you can contact me and all that stuff you can also do it on anchor but over there it's easy because they kind of condensed everything and i think i'm going to start paying the monthly subscription just to have more, the more of the options on. It's really nice pod pod page. If you have a podcast, go check that out. If you have a podcast, I think it's a good it's a um, good uh, asset to have as, on your arsenal on your podcast if you want it to grow. Uh, Twitter also. Um, <laughs> I don't know about Twitter, guys. I I keep sharing Twitter and I go on it here and there. I don't have a Facebook because I just. Facebook is just like a disaster to me, a mental disaster. Um, but uh, Twitter, I still have. Um, I still mess with Instagram, but Twitter, you can follow me at CFM underscore podcast, CFM underscore podcast. Um, and I do share some stuff there. I'm not too, uh, I'm not too organized with Twitter. I'm actually not too organized with any of my social media because Social media, as you know, is a disaster. Bottom line, don't care, hook, line, and sinker. I don't care how you put it. Social media, man, is is um, is a disaster. 
it's a stressful thing. It's a stressful thing. But anyway, let's go ahead and talk about our first case. Well, the first case that I'm introducing might might be one you've heard of, might be one you have not heard of. But it's the mis, misappearance. It's the misappearance or reappearance. The misappearance and the reappearance, yeah, because he disappeared and reappeared of Stephen Kubaki. Now, there's a lot of uh, videos and a lot, and I I believe he's in one of the one of the documentaries of the missing four one one. I'm not sure. I've only seen two. I don't know exactly how many are, there are out there. I'm sure there's more, um, you know. But this case, I found it by coincidence because I was researching all different cases and I found this one. Now this particular article that I got mo- that I got most of my stuff from and most of the research from is uh by Cold Dead Hands on and it's on uh substack.com so shout out to Cold Dead Hands really eerie name. And he or she is the one who wrote this uh article who gave us this information and kind of summed everything up. And I'm just sharing it with you guys. And I give you my opinions on it, of course, as we go, because it's really interesting stuff. So let's begin. So Stephen Kubaki was a student at Hope College, and which is a small private Christian college near, uh, near southeastern Lake Michigan. And he vanished in February 1978. He was a student at the time of his vanishing. He had, he had gone off for a solo cross-country skiing trip, which me personally, I would never do anything solo in the forest. Like, there's nothing, you'll never hear anything, oh, Ralphie went so on a solo this. Unless I go solo to the supermarket where there's hundreds of other people or solo to the store, or that's about it. But solo to the woods or solo skiing, not going to happen, especially if I'm not trained for it, especially if I'm not a seasoned person. Anyway, he'd gone off for a solo cross-country skiing trip, meant only to be gone for one day, at the most two, but he never returned. He left a 200-yard trail of footprints in the snow, okay, leading past the edge of the lake. So I don't I don't understand that. How If it's past the edge of the lake, his footprints, he's in the water, isn't he? Well, I, I guess it was frozen. I don't know. Anyway, the one-way path ended abruptly, and it led investigators to conclude that the absence of, uh, you know, that there was the absence of any other clues. There was no other clues uh, but his footprints. So with that, with the absence of any other clues, only the, the footprints, the investigators were forced to conclude that he had drowned somewhere. And on a thick layer of ice, because just like I said, if the footprints led to the edge of the lake, that means he's in the water. So they they assumed right away that he drowned. And then, of course, you know, like, you know, maybe he walked onto the ice, the ice broke. He went into the water and then, you know, it was so cold that uh, another layer of ice just formed on, on the part that was broken. So he was first reported missing um, or how how he was first reported missing um, all depends on how you read, uh, which story you read, or <laughs> how you read the story, or how it goes. But it says that if you um, going with a local news report from February 1978, snowmobiles in uh, so- Sorgatok, 
spotted cross-country skis abandoned with a backpack and contacted authorities who immediately launched an air and land search. And the investigators knew right away who they were looking for. The, the minute that that report came out, they already knew, oh, okay, we know who this is. We know who it is that we're looking for. They, it was the same guy that was reported missing, who they saw the tracks, because, I mean, it's not that many people that go missing like that, you know, with those those circumstances. So, Kubaki was 23 at the time, uh, either a, he was, he was a, a German or some kind of history, some kind of history major or something in school, and he was set to graduate in the spring, the year before he vanished. Uh, Kubaki, he co-wrote an op-ed for the campus newspaper about the inadequate, inadequate collection of books in the university library. And he argued that the school should install an um, electronic security system to safeguard against theft and thieves and all that stuff. Um, I kind of agree with him. I saw a special on, I think it was on A&E or something. Uh, uh, there was a show back in the day called Masterminds. There was a guy who used to collect books and he found a way to steal rare books where he was never caught. He never left any clues. He, I mean, he was like the like a like, like a cat burglar or some kind of Batman breaking into libraries. I've never seen something like that. It was crazy. And he stole a couple couple thousand, hundred thousand dollars worth of rare books. But anyway, um. So anyway, this student, uh, Kubaki, wrote this this op-ed on you know the the safety of the of the libraries and they don't have they don't have any adequate books and their collections and and things like that anyway so bob namar a 1978 hope graduate who didn't know kubaki but had heard about him after the, uh his vanishing told he he said that kubaki was described as a brilliant and a little more free-spirited than the average student at the conservative school so the school was a little bit conservative um as far as you know their their the values it's not like you know like the normal colleges i call normal colleges the children are all well the kids are all liberal like and i don't mean it like in a political way i guess in a political way too but you know, they're all like, hey, no, this isn't right. You know, you know, we got to fix this. Hey, no flower power or veganism and all that. You, you know, when you're young, you, you know, you you assume that you're going to change the world. And after you get old, reality hits you. And you're like, man, I got to work. I got to do. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Some people do it anyway. So he used to live off campus. He was a free spirit type of guy. So and he was a big Dungeons and Dragons fan also. Uh, Kubaki was also known to be very enthusiastic, to be a very enthusiastic outdoorsman who had previously climbed mountains while studying abroad in Europe. He'd been cross-country skiing in the same area, bordering Lake Michigan way before, and the the trip that weekend wasn't unusual. He had done that, you know, numerous times before, but the rest of the story is unusual. So on May 5th, 1979, well over a year after he went missing, Kubaki woke up in a grassy knoll in Pittfield, Massachusetts, 700 miles due east from where he had vanished. 
So you can draw a near-perfect straight line between them on a map. If you look at a map and you go from where he woke up to where he was last known to be vanished, it was this perfect straight line. And it was a, um, it was a Saturday night when when he he had woken up or you know he reappeared. Now Kubaki had no money on the uh, um he had I'm sorry he had no money. <laughs> I'm thinking of myself guys. Kubaki had no memory of the previous 14 and a half months and he said he hadn't that he didn't immediately realize how much time had passed until he bought a newspaper and saw the date. He found his way to his aunt's house in Great in Great Barrington about 20 miles from Pittsfield. From there, he was reunited with the rest of his family in South Deerfield. After he reemerged, Kubaki told reporters that he had found himself wearing clothes that he didn't recognize on, on, as his own. And he had a backpack filled with maps and hitchhiking signs that suggested he had traveled widely from Sacramento to San Francisco to Reno, Chicago, and Utah. He also had $40 in cash. He had a pair of new glasses, sneakers, and a t-shirt from a marathon in Wisconsin. Now, this is, he had said, quote, I feel like I've done a lot of running. He said in an interview uh, the week that, that he reappeared, his memory right up until his disappearance remained intact. So he had all his memory just up until he disappeared. He said that the last thing he remembered was that he was feeling cold and scared, of being lost and frozen in the dark. Uh, Kubaki told reporters also that he believed his blackout was caused by exhaustion and exposure. And he said that he would see a medical doctor for a physical, but that he would not be seeing a psychiatrist, which is probably the first kind of doctor that I would see in a situation like this. I need you to get in my head and tell me what the heck is going on here. And I, and, and I'm not big on like I've seen a lot of psychiatrists, believe it or not, but I'm I I don't know. I don't know. Just I'm just like a even doctors, just regular doctors, I'm like, ah. Anyway, Kubaki insisted that he was in a healthy frame of mind when he set off for the skiing trip and he still was after he got back. Kubaki didn't take that job, uh, but he had uh, the 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 job that he had been awarded. Um, I'm sorry, Ku, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm all over the place. Ku, uh, it said Kubaki didn't take that job, but he had been awarded a bachelor's degree in absentia from Hope College the year before, when he was feared, but never declared dead. Okay, okay, I see. Okay, Kubaki didn't take the job, but he had been awarded a bachelor's degree um, in absentia from Hope College the year before when he was feared but never declared dead. So he was uh, offered a job before he before he disappeared. And when he came back, he didn't take the job. He remembered he was offered a job, obviously, but he didn't take the job. Uh, apparently, even the detectives who investigated his disappearance had doubts about the drowning theory. Uh, you know, that he had drowned. Um, and they sent his dental records to Chicago to see if Kubaki might be among the serial killer John Wayne Gacy's unidentified victims. Because John Wayne Gacy, as you know, there are some victims who still haven't been identified. I think there was eight of them. And coincidentally, I just happened to last night of the recording 
as I record this podcast last night, um, I just happened to see there was a show called uh, Histories, whatever, Killers or whatever. I didn't start watching it, but I read the, you know, the, uh, the, the titles of it. And it was a show about, um, the first two episodes was trying to identify that they may have identified whatever, uh, John, eight or two of John Wayne Gacy's bodies that they had found, the clown killer. So anyway, fast forward to today and Kubaki remains alive and well in the Pacific Northwest working as a psychologist out of all things. The thing he didn't want to go see, that's what he works as. He wrote a book called Meta Meta Mathematical uh, Foundations of Existence, Godel, Quantum, God and Beyond. And for decades, he had refused to speak about his disappearance with reporters, and he has ignored um, any attempt to be reached. Um, his uh, he, he has an ex-wife also. His parents, who reportedly spent thousands of dollars on a private investigator after he went missing, uh, refusing to believe that their son died, which I, and any parent, um, most parents, if, if there's no body, you know, if you know, we're going to believe the, the parents, and I say we because I'm a parent too, parents are going to believe to the core that their child is not, you know, hurt or dead and that's just a self self you know preservation thing too um and i think anybody with a loved one they go missing you don't want to assume they're dead you don't just assume they're dead because if you assume they're dead you kind of give up on them i guess that's how it feels you know i hope nobody ever feels that you know i wish nobody would ever go through that or i gone through that but unfortunately that happens um so, Kubaki's story hasn't received a lot of attention, um, not even a Wikipedia page, and that's true, but it's popular in online communities, that's where I found it, concerned with the paranormal. Uh, one reason for this is the location of Kubaki's disappearance is close to the southeastern boundary of the so-called Lake Michigan Triangle, and if you're not familiar with the Lake Michigan Triangle, Maybe one day, let me not dig myself too deep. Maybe one day I'll do something on the Lake Michigan Triangle because it's similar to the, you know, Bermuda Triangle where things disappear and a lot of um, different phenomenons happen and things like that over there. So, um, the Lake Michigan Triangle is a much smaller area than the better known Bermuda Triangle, like I just said. Um, and there's been a lot of old. A lot of things have happened there with, you know, with UFOs and, you know, things like that. And I believe Lake Michigan is where the Navy, I think that's where the Navy does a lot of training. I'm not sure because Lake Michigan's big. I think, I think that's where the boot camp of the of the Navy is. Uh, Twin Lakes. Or, oh, no. What's it called? Uh, Great Lakes or something. I don't know if Great Lakes is Lake Michigan. Somebody can let me know on the message. I'm I'm not sure. I don't I don't think I'm not gonna look that up, but uh it's, it's something weird like that. But Lake Michigan has his own little triangle. Obviously not as big as the Bermuda Triangle, but still it has his triangle. People have reported a lot of things like Mysterious fogs and wooden ships and all kinds of things that they've seen and all that and this and the third throughout the years. 
And that's exactly around the area where he disappeared and reappeared. Now, um, we can go ahead and put it and, you know, we can put this with maybe an abduction phenomenon or something, you know, where he's could be he got abducted by some kind of UFO or something. Or, I mean, maybe he got amnesia. I think there was a Unsolved Mysteries episode about this, if I'm not mistaken, years ago. But maybe he lost his memory. Um, he could have lost his memory somewhere. He could have just got a, a, you know, I don't know. He lost his memory for that period of time, wandered around. People helped him here and there, trying to figure out who he is. I don't know how they wouldn't figure it out because he must have had a wallet on him. It's not like everybody who disappears. There have been cases of people who disappear and they just wonder the whole United States, you know, hitchhiking and stuff and staying here and there and being homeless and nobody ever finds there's yeah, onesies and twosies, but the, 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 the number of people that do get found is larger than the number of people who are just wandering around without any ID, you know, without any identity. There's no like John Doe's just walking around or Jane Doe's, whatever you want to call them. Just, you know what I mean? Well, I, I think John Doe and Jane Doe's are the ones that are already passed. But, you know, there's no people just walking around like that. With him, um, plus he had a wallet. I'm sure he had a school ID on him. It would have been fairly easy to identify this guy. You know what I'm saying? Fairly easy to identify him. I don't. I don't know how this thing could have gone that far, but he disappeared. Okay, he disappeared for fourteen months in that wilderness, where I don't think anybody would have survived just with the uh, just with the equipment that he had. A lot of these four one one disappearances, they're not always all disappearances. Some of them come back too. And just like this one, um, some are found later on in weird circumstances. Um, bodies are found, unfortunately, where they pass away. They had passed away, but but nothing leads to. I've I've yet to see one where they find a body, for example, and it's and and you know and uh, it's concluded that it was a homicide because the evidence that they find is. It, inconclusive when they do an autopsy it's always inconclusive or um however the the you know the uh the county coroner whoever the coroner is that does the autopsy they always label it as inconclusive they didn't find anything to say that it was a homicide they almost they don't find anything to say that it was a uh, accident you know that they you know they find them no broken neck no this no puncture wounds no stab wounds no blood nothing they find some of them nude um, in the wilderness. And I mean, you're nude in the wilderness, a human being nude. We don't have we don't have the fur like animals to survive out there like that. At least we don't now. Um, you know, so when you find them, when they find them, it's like, what the heck? You know, and they find them months later, you know, even weeks later. But then the state of decom that they find them in. A lot, you know, certain bodies, when they find them, I hate to use the word fresh, but when they find them fresh, they're fresh. <laughs> you know, it's like they just died. Like they haven't been there that, that long for the for the amount of time they've been missing. 
they should have, you know, uh, been they should have been passed away a while ago, which would have caused another state of decomp. And yes, I understand some of them are in a cold place, which causes some um, preservation, but still. You would have found something, um, animals eating, you know, something. Even in cold weather, there's going to be some animals that find, oh, look, meat, you know, or whatever. But some some of these people were found in places that weren't cold. Some of these people were found in places that were that had enough humidity, enough heat for the body to actually, you know, decompose for to to go to natural, you know, you know, to natural decomp state. Uh right guys, so bear with me. Bear with me. I just pause real quick. Um I'm gonna go ahead and we're gonna end the podcast here and we're gonna go to uh I'm I'm gonna try to find some other cases with different circumstances, some that didn't come back, some that were found, uh, you know, just like we were talking about, so that you can analyze yourself and you can go online and look at this yourself and see that it comes out, you know, that these cases are really really um really weird really strange you know what i mean you know really 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 strange um i'm intrigued by them uh i'm still going to do other true crime story true crime murders there's a lot there's so many unfortunately we will never run out of true crime to talk about unfortunately and that's very unfortunate that's not that's not a good thing okay um but uh i'm going to do three or four more cases of this maybe and I'll put them out, and this will be a series attached to the original podcast, the one I did last, the one that was just put out. Um, it should have been Friday, uh, last Friday. Uh, and I will put these as a sub mini pod of that podcast. All right. So, anyway, you guys already know how it goes, man. Follow me on social media, man. Follow your boy Ralphie on social media. On uh, Instagram, c.f.mysteries or Mystery Crime Cigar. It's the same one. I just just don't know what handle to give. Also on Twitter, on the twit, on the tweeter at cfm underscore podcast, cfm underscore podcast on the Twitter. And then also uh, you could go online because I just did this thing and podcasts, my fellow podcasters, I recommend this podpage.com forward slash site forward slash conspiracy fears and mysteries. And as always, I'm also on YouTube. <laughs> I'm also on YouTube. Uh, CF Mysteries. CF Mysteries on YouTube and Ralphie Reviews on YouTube. I just do reviews on different things um, in the house, different things you could use, printers, phones, different things. All right. I have a review channel. So, as always, I will see you on the next smoke.